Hey everyone, welcome to Print and Ship It, episode 12, the podcast that talks games and making games. I'm Chris from Madison, Wisconsin, and with me, of course, from the state that manufactures spam, Adam. Adam, how's it going? Going well. I, I have a coworker that is from uh, Austin, Minnesota, that, and, that mm-hmm. and that's where it is. Yeah. Boom. Austin, Minnesota. The fact um, made made the point to say a lot of people think think it comes from Hawaii. Have you ever but tried? It doesn't. Um, I'm sure I have at some point. You know, like I don't know. I mean, I mean, obviously, I'm from an Asian family, and it's kind of a thing in like Asian cultures. Sure, that, like is like a cheaper meat alternative or whatever. But like, uh, I have not. Um, I mean, not not as an adult. I don't think. How about you? I feel like I'm a pretty adventurous eater, but you know what? Yeah. It's, it is on my list of things to try. So um, maybe this weekend I'm going to figure out how to get spam to diet. And <laughs> I think it's, you know, you know, like, like I'll eat like, like a can of corned beef hash or something, you know, and that can't be any better. Right. For you sure. know what I mean? Like you just cook it right and put it the right things and it's got to be all right. For sure. I mean, I, I assume it's just, it's just like ham if you cook it right <laughs> it's like, i don't know i don't know enough about spam it's no. um yeah so th- things are good here it's been a busy busy week we're gonna like been busy jump back to the future into the past uh and talk about essen this week which is awesome yep uh, before we do that uh what have you been playing man yeah, I think this is a, a good week where we can, um, since you were actually in town, the thing that we're going to talk about is a game that we both played, which is um, the upcoming um, Keyforge. Yes, so we grabbed an early edition, pre-release copy, uh, each just a starter deck, and yep. we were able to break it out on Saturday night, played a game, and everyone has uh, a unique deck when they buy it. So say a little bit more about that. That's kind of the, the hook. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Um, it's an interesting idea, especially from the manufacturing side. I wonder how they do it. But what they do is every deck that you get is unique. So it has a generated name and a certain set of cards. The type, the types of cards um, repeat across. Like there's a, a card that has X3 attack and two armor and this power, and that card can be in other decks. But they are um, the card composition is random, which is interesting because um, a lot of people love these um type of games that are magic or whatever because they like to build decks right so i think this is a really cool play on that because you just get a deck and you play with the deck that you get yeah this is like the ccg for uh for, for the um, millennial it's like you know so easy you know <laughs> well i think one of the the reasons i i like it the most is that i mean i tried to get in the net runner and i mean obviously we've talked about playing hearthstone in the past and one thing I love about Hearthstone is when you have a card, it can be in every single deck that you have. You have two copies of it. It can be in all of the decks. But obviously, in a physical world, um, you can't have the same card in two decks at the same time. So when I play, tried to play, get into Netrunner, I was like, oh, I really like this deck, but I also really like this deck. But I only have two of these cards, and it says I need two in each deck. So then it's like, do I sort through the, each deck every time to try to like filter out which ones need to move to the other deck? Or... How do I handle this? And yeah. having just like, hey, this is the deck that is this style and I can play it. And I just pull out that deck and play it. That is appealing to me. Yeah. And, and you had a demo. You were able to teach. And we kind of had the wiki or the FAQ or the rule book up while we were playing. Mm-hmm. I mean, for the most part, this was a game that um, 
I mean, we're familiar with with CCGs, uh, modern CCGs. I, w- yeah. I would say we, we've we've fallen out of touch with Magic over the past yes. many years, but um, this felt modern. Yeah, for sure, it felt like um, a cross between Hearthstone and uh, an objective-based game. Like um, the, the idea is that you were trying to forge keys, hence the name Keyforge. Um, so you have this currency that gets passed back and forth, and once you get six of them, if it makes it back to your turn when you have six, you can forge a key. So there's this this resource has like this push and pull and every single um, round it's like, oh, I have five and now I have seven of them at the end of my round. But then Adam t- stole like three back from me. So um, it's like this really cool push and pull. Right. It's 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 a um, it's really innovative. Uh, I, you know, I, I'm sure something like this has been done, but it, it seemed to me fresh and new. But it's innovative. Like your health total is your resource in a typical CCD. That yep. is because you're you're manipulating health health as a resource. It's going lower. You're trying to heal up, stay alive. You know, push the opponent to lethal. In this, there were three of those moments, right? Because you had to craft yep. multiple keys, or you had to forge multiple keys. Uh, so it was like I have what I need. And now it's on the opponent to try to counter or interact with me in a way that's going to prevent me. So, kind of some yep. cool tense moments. Yeah, it was kind of interesting because the game two decks that we had, um, I feel like yours was a little bit better, but at the same time, I didn't feel like I was out of the game. Sure. So it was kind of interesting because I mean, my deck was built around like putting a lot of really small minions out, and Adam's deck was around hitting big minions out, big. and then he had two really good cards that just killed a lot of small minions. Yeah, so. It was like it like he had a couple cards that felt like a direct counter to mine, but at the same time, thinking about it, it's like well, if he just didn't get those or the timing was different, I might have been able to win before he got that card. Yeah. So even though um, we just kind of played with the decks that we had, I saw the strategy that my deck wanted me to play, and I think in the future if I played, it, I'm like okay, this is what this deck wants me to do, which is kind of cool. And if you know what my deck has, in, you know, in the future you would probably play me a little differently. You would try to bait out a clear. Mm-hmm. And you would try to make sure that you know when you use your wombo combo, you're able to get maximum value from it. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. So overall, um, I'm I'm impressed with the game. I think my thing is going to be trying to find enough people to play. Sure. Um, I think this game is going to be popular, and I could probably just play at the local store. But I don't know. I, I the the magic crowd can be a little um scary so i'm worried if that group transition over i mean i mean scary as an intense right like they are um a feverish group so i'm worried that um i may not have the skill level so maybe getting in on the game early is a good thing yeah but i'm hoping to get some coworkers and people into the game yeah it's a low barrier to entry at 10 bucks for a deck there, there you know there's actually a surprising amount of tokens required to play the game but yes that's uh that's Keyforge. so that is who's a who's a publisher is that that's fantasy flight right yep fantasy flight and um a richard garfield designer of magic yeah. game and the upcoming artifact which i'm excited to play as well so very cool he's got a bunch coming out yeah busy guy Busy, busy guy. All right, so we, uh, so that is um, Keyforge. So we are going to transition pretty quick, and we have a pitch this week. So we're going to hear yes. a pitch from Gary Chavez call for a game that is called Battle Cats. Hi, my name is Gary Chavez, and my game is called Battle Cats. Battle Cats is an Eastern fantasy themed deck building game for two to four players. Gameplay is thirty to sixty minutes. It is a light to medium weight strategy game. In Battlecats, players are warlords competing to become the next Battlecat Emperor. 
The primary mechanic in Battle Cats is something I'm calling compound deck building. Unlike traditional deck builders, where players build their own individual decks, in Battle Cats, the players are building one common deck together. This sounds like a great premise for a co-op, but the game is actually a competitive game. Players compete for domination of the deck. Each round generates a certain number of victory points for each player. Your goal is to minimize the victory points it generates for your opponents, while maximizing the points it generates for yourself. You play the 12 rounds. The player with most victory points at the end of 12 rounds wins. The cards in Battle Cats are divided into six different clans. Each clan specializes in a particular power, such as, such as generating victory points, generating buy points, or affecting the victory points or buy points of other players. Each clan has three different levels, scouts, warriors, and masters. Scouts are the cheapest and weakest. Masters are the most expensive and most powerful. The primary components are about 200 bridge-sized cards and 12 tokens. If you have any questions, please contact me at gcrsgames at gcrocketscience.com. Uh, so thanks, Gary. That was Battle Cats. Um, so Adam, um, what's your what's your first thoughts? Uh, first thoughts is, are are that this um, we we can. I, I think this is a pitch that, to me, um, feels like it has potential, but I think at the same mm-hmm. time, I feel like it needs some work. And so I want to talk about what I thought was really good, but then also where I think you, you can put some work in and make and, and use your pitch to sell me faster. Yep. Um, number one, Battle Cats. You need to paint the picture of what that theme means to me. Um, is, are we or means talking, to you, right? Yeah, yeah. T- what, what, what are you trying to convey? So, are you are you thinking about like exploding kittens here? Are you thinking about thundercats? Are you thinking something in between? I need to know a little bit more about that. Uh, yeah, I know you said Eastern themed cats. So, um, exactly. I mean, that, that gives me an idea. But um, if that, I mean, obviously that's kind of the name and the theme. But I'm I'm really I'm struggling to understand what it might look like. Okay, so then the second thing that jumped out to me is deck building. Now, what's cool is is you've come up with a way to innovate on the deck building genre yet again. Mm-hmm. Um, that sounds like there might be some really fun gameplay potential there. What I don't understand from your pitch, though, is what are you doing on your turn? Why is the compound deck uh, interesting? And I, what, what it, it yep. seems very intriguing that this is actually a competitive game with a kind of a shared central deck, but how like tell me more like i I want to know um mechanically why this is going to be fun to play yeah exactly i think the um idea i mean i I like deck builder so when you said deck builder i'm I'm peaked my my interest is peaked a little bit but um and i i'm I'm interested to see how a compound what you call the compound deck builder might work but yeah since we don't know what you do on a turn it's kind of interesting so my first thing is the question like well if i put the good card into the deck and adam draws it how am i supposed to feel about that is that good is that bad um what one thing i'll say too is it it sounded like there might be some take that in, in this in this game so mm-hmm. factions one of them was getting better at um you know scoring victory points one was getting better at purchasing one was better mm-hmm at impacting others purchasing power one was better at impacting others scoring power so if the 
if half the factions are take that oriented, I would just watch out for that. Um, I know deck building traditionally has not been a has not had a whole lot of take that in it. Not not saying that it cannot go there, but that's just something to 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 be sensitive to because I think your audience is probably not going to swing that way as much. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like I said, I think I am interested. Um, going back to your first point on the theme. Um, my first thought is when it's cats that without knowing what it is, is this leaning into, Hey, cats are a cool internet thing. And that's what will people like. That's the hook of this game or, but at the same time, I feel like that could be, um, what's the word I'm looking for. It may push people away. Cause it's like, Oh, this is a game that's just trying to be meme, meme, like meme, like, and, um, and, and even though the mechanic is super solid, so I think like in the pitch, my best advice would be to sell more of what you're doing in the game. I think you do a wonderful job of explaining like, hey, this is these are the types of cards and this is how they scale. But in a pitch, like, I don't know if I really care about that. I mean, if you say, oh, there's weak cards that do this and then expensive cards that do that, then I think it might it might paint that picture a little bit better. Yeah, you know, in in, in um I, I would definitely, you know, look at our reactions and, and this is not how ever, everyone's going to react, but I, I would mm-hmm. say that, you know, um, like a pitch can always be leveled up. And so this is maybe just an opportunity to think about how, how can you level that pitch up? Now, what, what I will say about the component tree, so 200 cards, 12 tokens, that's something that a publisher has no problem handling, right? Yep. That's simple. Appealing. You prototype that. You can send it out to a lot of people, and that's that's going to be a great way to get marketing and eyeballs on your game. Mm-hmm. It's like a pretty low-cost prototype, um, generally speaking. You know, like you could great game crafter that thing and just ship out 20, 30 copies and, and get a lot of people trying it and playing it and giving you feedback without a ton of cost. Um, yep. So that so that is a compelling thing as a publisher looking at uh, the scaling. I, I just I'm saying that because uh, I'm coming off a week of literally spending forty plus hours and made four prototypes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, so uh, it was it was a ton a ton of work. So like looking at Battle Cats, and I'm like, man, I could just hit print at the Game Crafter and that'd be so easy. Yep, yeah, and yeah, I agree. Um, the idea of having a, a game like this that can be produced quickly and um, get a lot of feedback on very quickly is interesting. Um, like I said, um, I really think the, like Adam said, the pitch could just be leveled up by a little more explanation and a little more focusing on the, the selling side versus the, um, I was kind of saying more of like, I think you gave us like the behind the scenes, like, Oh, this is how everything works um, behind the curtain. But realistically, I think what people need to hear and, and a really good pitch is, this is why you will like it. Yeah. Or this is why, like, this is the thing. This is the cool, awesome thing about it. And, and maybe and, a little more actionable, I would focus on what is the hook and really drill down to that hook. And then I would also focus on who is the audience, drill down to that yep. audience and say that in the pitch. Um, I don't remember if it if you gave a player range um, and a time frame, but I think those are two things that are, that are really important that help. Yep. He did as a at the beginning. Okay. That, that helps a publisher zone in on like the weight of the game that you're shooting for. Like if, if mm-hmm. you say 30 minutes, two to four players, or if you say, you know, two and a half hours, two to four players, something like yeah, that. He, he said medium, yeah. medium light. Yeah. I, I think um, 
yeah, I think one of the biggest things is um, I, you have a theme, right? And you, you are, or warlords competing. But I think if you can just find a way to like, this is how the mechanic blends into that theme, then the connection is just that much stronger. That like, oh, okay, I get it. Like, and I think that's that. May, and maybe that might be like the one thing that is. Um, that just brings this pitch up to the next level because understanding like, oh, okay, the, it's like this. I mean, like the, this is the way because of this theme, like just elevates a little more. I think that's a great call out. How does the theme interact with the mechanics? Um, anytime you can tie that together, people understand the game without even playing it. So yep. like when I, and it's also hard cause, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I say when I talk about brewing, brewing USA, I say we're brewing beer. Here's a beer card. Here's the recipe, and people just understand that you have to spend the ingredients to brew the beer. Yep. Understand that. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And obviously, this is an audio format as well. So, yeah. um, with the visual format, um, but at the same time, like it's, um, I mean, I don't know. I feel like half of the pitching and selling that we do is just, um the audio part, I mean like the, the, the charisma and the, the level of um, enthusiasm and ex- like the ability to say, yeah, you brew beer and here's a thing. It has ingredients. You complete those ingredients. Like it just ties it all together. Like you said. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, one thing I'm, one more thing I'd offer um, definitely feel free to shoot over a rule book. I mean, I'm always curious to see um, one layer deeper into the pitch. Yep. Um, if you have a rule book ready, uh, if not, that's fine. But if you do like, I'd love to read it and I'd give you feedback on that as well. Like that, I know that's just really helpful to get other eye, eyeballs on rule books. I mean, we, we write rule books here um, all the time and we look at we look at a lot of them so we, so we can give feedback not only on the quality of the content, but also, you know, the intuitiveness and then like yep. the mechanics uh, within them as well. So um, great. For thank sure. you so much for submitting. Once again, yep. Thank you, Gary. Um, and if you have a um, pitch, Adam, where can you send a pitch to? You can send a pitch to Adam at adamsapplegames.com. Um, ideal format, two minutes audio. So Gary nailed it just like that. Um, you can say whatever you want in there uh, and uh, just tell us about your game and we'll give you the best feedback that we can, um, honest feedback, and um, we can follow up and talk more about it and try to help as much as we can. Yeah, and if you have any, um, what am I looking for? Um, visuals or anything? Um, feel free to send those along. I mean, that helps us in understanding. Um, yes, we like can a them. rule book or oh, just a yeah. sell sheet or any of that stuff. So very cool. Um, Adam, so that brings us to our topic of the week, which is a wonderful to- follow-up topic from our last episode where we discussed um, going to Essen. Yes, we this went. Week, we went to Essen. We went. We went to Essen. Okay, and we're back. We made it. We're alive. Yes. How did that even? How is that even possible? Exactly. We went to the others across the pond. So uh, I the first thing I just want to say, like, this is legitimately, this was a bucket list item. And then to be there, not only as a consumer, but also as a publisher, exhibitor, like, mm-hmm. double bucket crazy. List. Yeah. Just double bucket listed it that last week. Amazing. So cool. Yeah. Overall, it was, um, I mean, like, if I had to say anything, like, just one word, um, amazing i mean amazing is underselling it like it's just yeah it, it was just like this entire wonderful group of like gigantic um buildings with a ton of different games that i've never seen um and a ton of the games i have seen but 
Um, there's just so much to see there. So I, th- I think one of the um, best ways to kick this off, uh, w- Adam, w- what surprised you the most about the trip? Oh, about Essen or the trip or anything? Well, I mean, so, so I, I put a lot of legwork into the planning of it. Mm-hmm. Maybe what surprised me the most is how how flawless everything um, happened. So all the people arrived uh, on time. We had yep. coordinated flights to arrive like within two hours. We're all driving five different people from Frankfurt to Essen, uh, in a, you know, in an SUV. Um, and like, I just kind of half expected one or two things to go wrong. Um, and, and it would have been a a sad moment. We would have had to send someone on a train, you know, whatever, but it, it worked out. Everyone was there. Um, we had people flying in from different countries. So that was honestly in like the games arrived, we shipped a pallet of Swordcrafters expanded edition. And there was a moment of, will the games arrive? Oh, yeah. So, it was yes. totally a coin flip, uh, really down to the wire. Um, but everything got to where it needed to be. Um, we even had two full booths that we sent over um, in a yep. check bag. Um, yep. So we had everything we needed. And, like, it was, it was real. I mean, like, it was kind of surreal on Wednesday when we set up and we were meeting um, – the uh, so the manufacturer uh, Boda Games that, that we work with, I'm um, sharing yep. a booth with them, but then also um, one of their partners, um, Rudy Games, who had really done the um, the upfront like work of of purchasing space and, and booths and stuff like that, and then yes. we just kind of happened in, into this opportunity. But um, it was so 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 surreal to just be there and say, okay, I think we're ready for a trade show tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, I think. Um... It's amazing that it all came together so quickly because I think we decided to go less than two months before. Yeah, we, yeah, we, so, we made the decision within two months of Essen happening. So what, what surprised you the most? Yeah, I think um, I think my biggest surprise was just um, outside of the inability to fill up a water bottle anywhere. Um, <laughs> my biggest surprise... <laughs> <laughs> my biggest surprise was um, just the sheer size of it and the amount of games. Um, obviously, we've been to Gen Con, and if you've been to Gen Con before, um, people say it's bigger, and I'm like, it can't be that much bigger. Um, but it was what five halls, six halls, uh, six total halls. It six it, total halls, it felt bigger. And the hall that we were in was probably at least a third of a Gen Con. Yeah. So, and then you have five more of the five more halls and some way bigger and some way smaller than the hall we were in. But like, there was just so much stuff like things I've never seen before. Um, things from like just a small publisher in France or a small publisher from Italy or a huge publisher. Um, but it just like, just isn't over here because it doesn't fit the market or whatever. So just like the, the sheer volume of different things. It's kind of funny because the first few days I'm like, oh man, there's a lot here, but I don't know if I need anything. And I think by the end we had, we both had two 50 pound suitcases <laughs> <laughs> coming back. That's not that so, many games really. No, but I mean, two f- full suitcase. I mean, there was more we could have gotten. That's for sure. It, it was, a, we were limited by, um, so, baggage. So to that point, I mean, I, I kind of forgot about this one, but I was kind of sold or I was told going into this at con at Essen that Essen Spiel that that it's a uh, purchasing convention. People make this mm-hmm. for the year and then they go and purchase. Yeah. And um, that that I do think that is true, but I would put a caveat onto that. And I would say that the the consumer in Europe 
comes with a list of my guess is on average five or less things. Mm-hmm. Um, where in Gen Con, uh, the the consumer comes with a list of you know five to fifteen things maybe. Yeah. So I, it seems like uh, people, a lot of people came by Swordcraft and said, wow, that's a cool idea. I've bought all the games that I can buy today. You know, like I'm, yes, I'm, I'm a lot of that. My list, right? Yep. It's kind of interesting because I feel like, I mean, obviously people go to Gen Con with a list, right? But I feel like here, it wasn't like the thing, the thing about Gen Con is I feel like it's like, oh, here's all the new stuff. Yeah. And at um, Essen, I didn't feel like anything was like, oh, this is brand new today. Like, we are launching at Essen. Like, I feel like there's less of that. There were definitely launches at Essen, a lot of them. Sure. Um, but, yeah, I, it felt like the buildup just felt a little different. I, the other thing I will say, too, is we. I was told it was a buyer's con, but the majority of booths, almost every single booth had sit-down demo tables. Yes. Yeah. That is not the case. Gen Con. Yeah. Only the huge companies have the sit down room, right? Yeah. Gen Con, like there's a lot of 10 foot booths and you have these like sales um, tables really. And it's like a short demo because there's so many people walking through the aisles and that's all you have time to really do. And if you didn't have a sit down table, you were doing it wrong. And we did it wrong for the first day. So if you're going yeah. to Essen, um, we learned the lesson after our first day when doing some walking around. Like, oh, there's a lot of demos. And we just set up a demo table because we had the room for it. And um, the booths were way bigger there, which I guess is the actually the most surprising thing is yeah. even the small booths were huge, yeah. um, Gen Con comparison at least. Um, and yeah, we set up the table and it went way better for us because people were able to sit down, try it. And um, that helped. I mean, and, and I feel like all of our games are that way where... As soon as you play it, you go, oh, okay, yep, I need this. Nailed it, right? And, and I think, um, I, like, yes. So let, let's keep, let's keep, let's keep pushing forward. So, um, so the next question on all this, we're gonna just kind of go go down um, tips for others going. What, what would you say one tip for someone going to Essen for the first time? Um, get croissants in the morning because the bakeries everywhere are awesome yeah um, and then bring a huge water bottle because but if you are attending um one of my favorite parts is that the food there is amazing yeah like in comparison to like a gen con like obviously gen con has the food trucks outside but like just the vendor i mean like the hall itself had amazing food but um As my advice would be crushed gen con's food oh absolutely crushed i mean the food trucks are always amazing right but like this food was just like even like like the the place that's like attached to the 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 hall just had like and like pastas and pizzas and they're all like good quality stuff i'm like this doesn't make any sense these are supposed to be like really crappy chicken tenders people are walking around with churros and like <laughs> yeah it, foods that i don't even know what they are right it's- it was it was crazy yeah and bratwurst and all that stuff but um but other than that uh, my best advice would be to um have more than one day because you're gonna want to do a lap and then do a second lap and it's going to take you that long. Um, but then, yeah, I mean, I guess be willing to buy the games um, on a whim, like have your list, but there's going to be so much there and you're going to see something that like you've never seen before and be like, okay, I need this. So budget for that. I, I literally picked up, um, I, I had a friend that said, uh, um, these are the two games I'm looking for. And I was walking around on Sunday afternoon and literally purchased the last copy of one of those. And I was like, huh, that was lucky. 
yeah jeez friend you know yeah um, so, so the tip for me for going for others going would be that um I, I didn't really know if this this was real on the way on the way there but we we purchased fanny packs for our booth yes um, totally there were five i think five or six companies that were hit and had cash boxes stolen um apparently that's a pretty common thing every year so there's i guess a professional group of thieves uh that attend us and allegedly and um just be careful with your money you know yeah for sure yeah um the other thing is um probably bring less if you're there's a booth bring less games than you think you need because sure okay let's um, talk about that i think that that's really it's really important so we brought 300 copies of sword crafters we sold out of yep. 200 copies of sword crafters in at gen con in like two and a quarter days or something yeah um we're like you know Essen, if it's more of a buying con like we should we should crank through that pretty quick right yeah um, so we're like we need more right the reality was we probably ended up having consumer sales of uh 125 230 i'd say um, and a yep. lot of reviewers taking copies too. Um, so we were able to, um, for the most part, cover our costs. We had a few things come in really late, but we then had to figure out a solution for what do we do with our games that we have, <laughs> you know, because yeah. we didn't have like, we didn't have like uh, established partners set up so much in Europe, but we were able to um, really think on our feet very quickly and figure out some solutions. And you know what? I, I will say that, my goodness, like these European publishers, just like the game publishers in the U.S. that are very friendly and inviting and have so much information to give, the European publishers um, were top-notch people as well. Yep. They they bent over backwards to, um, and, and also distributors. Solve problems, Solve problems um, offer their help. Exactly. Um, yeah. And, and I felt like we were in good hands. You know, as soon as we yeah. opened our, started asking questions, I felt like we were in very good hands. We found three or four potential options for where our games can go. Um, and they all went to really good spots at the end of the con. So, yeah. And I think a, a big part of that is um, for Gen Con, we were on top 10 lists. We were, um, people knew who we were going into the con. While here, we were nobodies, right? Yeah. Not nobodies, but like no one. You're up, right? Yeah. Exactly. We don't have games there, right? We've like, never been to Essen before, so we're showing up as a first-timer. So I, I guess, you know, in retrospect, I'm not surprised that we were not on the, the, the people, um, the consumer's top five purchase list. But, you know, yeah, for sure. a lot of people um, walked away with a copy. They were very excited about it. A lot of people now have it in the back of their mind because we demoed it to a ton of people. Um so yeah, the people. I think people is a good one to go on to next. So what were the people like there? So like Europeans, you know, like we we have yeah the language barrier, right? Like a little bit. There's a little bit of a language barrier. One thing I'll say is yeah, the typical sales tactic in the U.S. Uh, you know, we have kind of this carnival style uh, culture where you kind of call out to someone when you want to get their attention, like hey, how's it going? You know, um, how yeah. uh, what's the best thing you've seen so far? Well. I feel like this tactic wasn't super successful in in Europe. Yeah, it was interesting because I mean, and that might have been where we were because we were in a we were in a very high traffic area where in um, pretty much our lane like crossed from one hall to another. So a lot of people you could tell were just going from one spot to another, right? Sure, they had a destination. Um, exactly, they had somewhere to be. So. Um, and I don't know if that's just like people here are just like, I mean, Gen Con is different because when you're going down a hall, uh, going down a lane, you go, you go 
kind of methodically because you may not ever make it back down that lane and because it's so big. Yeah. So here the halls were huge. So there's a lot of room, a lot of room to walk. When it got really busy, it did get a little congested, but it wasn't like sometimes when you end up at Gen Con, you're like, oh, we're just going to stand here now. Yep. We're um, but yeah, so I think it was a little bit different. And I think the language barrier um, was a little higher than I had expected. Yes. There was a lot of, um, I mean, people, um, there, a lot of people spoke English or had a person with them in, in their group that spoke English. And um, there's a lot of scenarios where people are translating, which is really um, interesting because then when they translate, um, obviously it, it's not always going to carry your, your exact same explanation right yeah like or your exact same enthusiasm <laughs> i think the one nice part about that is that like with sword crafters it's a very visual game so it's easy and like it, you if you have your excitement when explaining it, i think that still carries over yeah what one thing to that point too sword crafters draws attention from um young young gamers right so like yep. um six and up eight and up we had a lot of you know family stop by with like little kids are like what is this oh yes but, and in uh, the language barrier actually is higher with a young. Yep. With, yeah. With kids. Yeah. So like the parents were, were the ones kind of translating to the kids. The kids got it so fast. We actually taught a full game of sword crafters to a group of, I think it was Hungarian kids. Mm-hmm. They didn't have their parents around. <laughs> like they sat down. Yeah. They did not speak the English at all. And we, and they sat through like a demo speaking German to them and they didn't understand German either. So like <laughs> somehow, um, but they picked it up. They literally yeah. played and after a round or two, they totally got it. So like it, it, it's, it speaks really, really long. Um, it speaks a lot to how simple the game was, but also like, that's just something to be aware of. Like the, the, yeah. the, audience at Essen, there will be a language barrier. We came with German rules, like a five line German rule. I, I didn't bring mm-hmm. bring it out. We probably should have. And we probably should yeah. have had a, someone local to actually help us. Uh, yeah. We brought, That's a lesson learned. If you can find someone who speaks German, yeah. um, that wouldn't hurt. We brought foreigners. We brought you know people from the US uh, to, yep. to, to Germany, to, to Essen, which was fun. We all knew each other um, and we had a point. Yep. Um, I think one of the biggest things, like you said, is there's a lot of kids, right? So I don't know if the the culture just seems much different where there's a lot younger gaming. But at the same time, there's like a whole section that's like toys and this is like games for younger. Like this whole gigantic booth is games that are children's games, like our Milton, I mean, our our Mattels and that type of stuff here. But there's just way more of them. And that was amazing because it's like there's game like one of the games is like legitimately like a toilet and, and like a turd i'm like you can't you can't do this like and like it pops out of the toilet i'm like what is happening over here but um i think it's, it's kind of but the, the thing that i take from that is like oh they're this like you bring your kids here yeah and at gen con you like you you do not bring a four-year-old it, or a five-year-old it's tough with someone you, yeah. you can I but it's like invested. yeah it's just it's a tough situation there's a lot there's not a lot of places to sit down it felt much more family friendly the, yes. The, the hall, the hall was big, and it was one big long hallway, and then on either side there was like three halls on one side and four halls on the other. So what's interesting is yep. the big long hallway actually had the most density of like the toy vendors and like the young children's games. Mm-hmm. Like so um, it was it was almost like the place to entertain people when they were you know, going to get food or in between in between hall to hall or you know. But yeah, it was cool. Yeah. Um, so I know we're, we're going over here, but let's just end with um, 
any fun stories or top moments or sure. um, other things you just want to make sure we mention? Um, this one, this one's a little bit embarrassing, but I have to mention. <laughs> yeah. So on Thursday uh, of Essen, paying for parking on the way in, uh, I dropped my passport on the ground, which we found out we didn't have to do. We didn't have to pay for the parking right away. We could have paid later. Yeah, very clear. <laughs> yep. um, so I, I, I was just like, I was so flustered. I, I think I realized it at about noon because you know it's busy. You have a lot of stuff in your pocket. Yeah. Um, You're like, oh, where, where did this go? Yep. Yeah. And and I retraced my steps 100. percent And we talked to Lost and Found. And I actually, to the, I was to the point where I had a, a emergency visit with the embassy scheduled in Frankfurt. Yeah, so your Thursday night was spent googling. Oh God, what yeah. happens? Am I? Do I live here now? It was the most stressful eight hours uh, I've ever spent in Germany. You were ready to um, leave the convention for half a day yeah. or the whole day, drive to Frankfurt two hours away, and pretty much beg them to go. Can I come home yeah. in a few days? Yeah. yeah. So I mean, otherwise I would have been in Germany for like three three weeks until if it, you know it worked itself out. But um, so anyway, anyway, what ended up happening was um, we checked the lost and found on Friday morning. Um, it wasn't there. We checked with nope. uh, the parking garage. It wasn't there. On the way out, I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll ask one more person at the parking garage, and they said, um, Yeah, oh yeah, we found the passport. It's a German last name. <laughs> you know? <Yeah>. Yes, it <laughs> is. It's a very nice <laughs> name. The universe is good. Yes. Oh, oh my God. That's so funny. Uh, they had it at the security. Um, it turned out that also um, the person who turned it in and found it had actually reached out to me on both Instagram and Facebook, but I just didn't see it. Mm -hmm. um, until then, later, I was walking and I was like, oh my gosh, you are. Wait, did they reach out on Thursday? They did. They did actually reach out on Thursday night. Yeah, it was like oh, so you would have known, I, but we didn't have internet. We didn't have good internet. Internet was horrible, and I think I think uh, there was something else going. On. I mean, I was just so stressed, right? So I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. of course, right. Yeah. Last thing you're thinking, like, oh, I'm going to check my Instagram. Yeah, um, I, and then and then maybe maybe on, on a lighter note, um, a top five has got to be that uh, that local pub in Germany where we had the various platter. Yes. And the beer and watch yes. on PS View. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So this was a place we go in and this is like a smaller town. You can tell this is not where you like this is not where tourists go. Right. But it was close close enough to our Airbnb, so we're like, let's do it. And we go in there. The the owner, nicest dude, um, he speaks of very little English, but he's like uh, English menus. I like I got two English menus, so he goes and get these two English menus, and everything just has like various meat platter, like <laughs> word 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 various meats, and for pretty much everything. And we're like, well, I guess we're getting various meats today. It was so good. Yeah, um, we were hungry though. Oh, we were so hungry was, at that point. It was late, and uh, you know, it's it's like when you finally feel at home in a new like a foreign yeah. a new destination you're like okay this is going to be okay which is awesome for the first day right like yeah. we just got there and day, night one and we're like all right this place is awesome it kind of felt like i think Wisconsin, right like germany exactly <laughs> that's one of my big things that i just want to mention is like germany just is wisconsin so wisconsin obviously has a lot of german heritage and that is yeah why but like yeah a lot of the places we're like oh yeah brats um yeah this is this is a supper club just not call the supper club like just things like that like that it felt um very homey um at least for for us so yeah um, but overall, um, I think the biggest thing, for, I mean, I don't, I'm trying to think of a fun thing. Um, 
I think for me, there's just like, just like I said, so many games. Even on the last day when I was walking around, I've seen stuff that I've never seen before. And I'm like, um, there's one game that I looked at. I'm like, wow. Um, I I don't know how to pronounce it. It's Suarez. It's a Polish game. Suarez. Sure. Um, And it's just like this beautiful color palette. And I'm like, wow, I've never seen a game with this color palette. And it was just unbelievable. But just in general, like everyone, every booth you went to, uh, everyone was super friendly. Even if they didn't speak English, everyone was just like, um, gamers right everyone's just happy to be around other gamers at a big convention and um we have the universal language of cardboard and cards <laughs> yeah. so well mechanics translate well like when people say like um set collection like that's set collection yes yeah you know it it's a mechanic and it's not like I, I, there might be a german word, word for it but i mean people almost everyone said set collection <laughs> they're like ah oh, yes <laughs> yeah it's kind of funny well and that's the other thing that was interesting is that i know we're going over but um the cards um like even though the games like the people are in, uh, in a booth um spoke german um or whatever i mean language because i mean because it was all of europe right but almost all the cards for games were in english so even if it was german rules um the text on the cards were commonly English, which I thought was kind of interesting. Yeah, we did get asked a fair amount for German translation. So yes, we were actually because we we had a fair amount of sales to um, consumers in Europe and, and consumers in Germany, and so we're actually following up right now with Swordcrafters rules that are in German. Um, yep. Before we end, I want to give a big, 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 massive shout out to two publishers that answered questions that I had along the way. And they um, helped me build, you know, build the confidence to get to Essen, do it, in, mm-hmm. um, do it right, uh, get out of there in one piece, and and you know, feel real, real good about the experience. So, Mark Spector of Grand Gamers Guild, he answered so many questions um, just on Facebook, and mm-hmm. you know, we met in person, uh, and he's a great guy. Um, and also Gil Hova of Formal Ferret, those two, uh, just amazing people. So buy their games. Yep. And then uh, I'm guessing your next one's going to be Rudy Games. Oh yeah, oh my gosh, Rudy Games was—they uh, were amazing. So okay, so we shared a booth space technically with Ru- Rudy Games as well. Yep. If you haven't heard of them, please check them out. Um, the real fast pitch is that they take games um, and board games and cross them with digital apps. Um, but I think they do it to a degree that is more than I've seen with a lot of other companies who've tried to do it. Yeah. They're, um, they're innovators. They're uh, yeah. game, a game company out of Austria and I don't think they're well distributed. Um, they, they do have some distribution into Canada and, and the U S but it's, it's just starting. And so, yep. Um, Check them out. Their games start to come in, but yeah, I, I think they're doing really cool stuff and my gosh, they were like, they were like friends. Like we were just, you know, one big group and, and, and sharing stories. And I yep. can't wait for a future Essen to spend time with Rudy games. They were, they were also for sure the highlight of the trip. They were, that was amazing. Yep. For sure. Great people, great times, great games, great games. Yep. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks everyone for listening. Um, where can you send in them? your pitches? Um, Adam at adamsapplegames.com or on Facebook, Adam's Apple games and Instagram. So all the things, it's all the same, all the things. Cool. Thanks everyone. Thanks. Check them. Check them.